Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae has put millions back into the hands of Mississippi citizens, expanding the state's affordable college and career savings program and also returning record amounts of unclaimed money. Check out how Treasurer David McRae's office can help you, your business, or your organization. Treasury.ms.gov. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. And good morning, Mississippi. If it sounds like my voice is a little low, that's because it's not the Garden Mama this morning. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama. And we're here to talk about all things gardening for wildlife this morning. Your Garden Mama's taking a really well-deserved Mother's Day weekend off. And I want to go ahead and say Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers that are listening out there. And uh, we're going to throw it behind the glass real quick and ask Lance what we've got going on as far as the weather is concerned. How are you this morning, Lance? Man, I am hanging in there. It's been a crazy month of uh, of weather. You know, we've uh, with the baseball. I know every fan out there has been a little uh, frustrated with the schedule jumping around. I think today is going to be a little better. I'll get a little bit more information as we go uh, this morning. But you know, it's the the rain's been good for the garden. I can tell you everything I got mm-hmm. is looking beautiful, and I, I I can't complain. Hopefully, though, it'll dry out just a little bit. Let everything catch up, dry its feet, and you know, get ready for a sprint to the finish line here. How's your garden looking? Uh, you, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't had much time to get out in my garden. It this sounds is, like it. This is the end of the school year. For those of you that don't know, I teach invertebrate zoology and vertebrate zoology at Madison Central High School, and we are gearing up for the end of the school year. There's grades to be done and tests to be given and final exams, and it's just all busy i'd rather teach year-round than deal with the last three weeks the only problem is if you did teach year-round there would still have to be a last three weeks so there's that well and you all you're going to need a break too you know uh as we were laughing you get to take a nice vacation it's going to be one that where it's not like laid back sitting your feet up and doing nothing you got to get there and you know it's going to be fun but you need a break too after teaching all year that's a, a a tough job and you're good at it so you put a lot into it well i try i certainly try i love what i do and that makes a big difference um and yes i am going to have a very nice vacation uh, for the listeners out there that uh, don't know what Lance is alluding to, I lead tours in the summertime. In fact, this summer I am taking a group of people to Australia and New Zealand. And as a result of the tours that I lead, every so many years I have earned up uh, rewards points. And this summer, in just a few days here now, this summer I am being sent for 18 days, 18 or 19. I have to go back and look at the schedule. 18 or 19 days, all expenses paid to Kenya and Tanzania for a photo safari, and that is going to be a zoology teacher's dream come true. So headed out there to see the lions and cheetahs and leopards, elephants, the flooding fields of of Serengeti. I'm just so looking forward to everything. Well, it's going to be a trip, too. You know, are you going to – is there any one thing that you're really looking forward to more than everything? I I went to South Africa back in 2011 on a uh, on a rewards trip and missed the secretary bird, which is a rather large, stately though gawky looking bird um, that kills snakes. 
and and just a gorgeous animal. And I missed that when I was in South Africa. There were several other people that saw it that were in the group I was in, and um, I missed it somehow. I was on the other side of the bus as the bus was headed down the <laughs> the um, the highway. No, no one told you about it huh, until it was too late. Oh, they they hollered, but by the time. They hollered. It was too late. And, and the bus drivers don't stop so that you can watch the birds. They keep it's, rolling. Huh? They keep is right it because on rolling. there may be something hunting you while you're out there, or is it just, you know? <clears throat> no, this was a big motor coach as we were going from one city to another. Uh, no, when we're in the in the park, you're in these Range Rovers that have sort of like stadium seating. There will be four rows of seats, and each one is higher than the row before it, um, so that everybody gets to have a good look at whatever it is that you're seeing. It's pretty amazing. And and uh, just a little nerve-wracking when you're that close to a rhino or a lion or something like that. And it's supposed to be even better where I'm going this summer. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, missed out on, on cheetahs and che- uh, cheetahs and leopards last time. I can't talk this morning. I almost said cheetahs and cheddars. Um, Thinking of Cheetos. That's it. I that's love a it. Cheeto now. I do too. Uh, but I don't think che- is it Chester is the Chester the Cheeto. Yeah, Chester the, the Cheeto. Yeah, that's that's a tongue twister. <clears throat> that's right. Well, and I want to say add on to the weather today. Uh, the the radar looks really clear. Uh, there was a little bit of cloud cover southwest of Jackson earlier, but as of now, you know the state looks pretty wide open from my perspective. If I see anything creeping in, I'll surely update the listeners. But it looks like a wonderful day to be outside today. Well, that's great. That's great. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be outside a whole lot. I'm going to be heading straight from here to Gymnasia, where I will be refereeing volleyball for the rest of the day today is the end-of-the-year tournament for the Central Mississippi Volleyball Association Recreational League. But we've got a lot of wonderful things to talk about in the world of gardening and gardening for the birds, uh, gardening for wildlife, if you will. would like to remind everybody to give us a call. This is a caller-driven show. We'd love to talk to you about what's going on in your neck of the woods. The number to reach us is 888-808-8637. That number again is 888-808-8637. As always, you can text us on the C Spire text line, and that number is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. And that is a wonderful way to get in touch with us this morning. You can text your questions in. Uh, you can join us here on the air. And we're going to have a wonderful time. One of the things that was brought to my attention by my gorgeous wife, and uh, I'm one of the luckiest men in the world, I have to tell you that. Uh, My gorgeous wife brought to my attention uh, a podcast that she heard. And it turns out that the the well-known actors, Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal, I'm sure, or Gyllenhaal, excuse me, sure a, a lot of the listeners out there know who they are. Their aunt and uncle, um are Anders and Beverly Gyllenhaal, and they have produced a book called A Wing and a Prayer. And the book is about the disappearance of birds here in the United States over the last half of a century. And it turns out um, multiple different research studies, and they have pulled in information from everywhere, uh, show that about 30% of all of the birds in the United States have disappeared in the last 50 years. 30% of our bird life. 
And uh, that's that's frightening when you consider the fact that they keep down our insect populations. They do so much to help us. Uh, they pollinate our plants for us. A lot of crops wouldn't be pollinated without hummingbirds and orioles. And speaking of orioles, right now, right now they are coming through in massive numbers. This is one of the best spring migrations I've seen in a while as far as orioles and um, grosbeaks and some of the, the beautiful birds that we don't get to see in our neck of the woods on a regular basis. Now, the orchard orioles nest down here. That's not a problem. If you're up in the northern part of the state, you may have Baltimore Orioles nesting in your area. But the orchard and oriole, uh, <laughs> these are tongue twizzers. The orchard and Baltimore Orioles do stay here for a short period of time as they're migrating north. Now, the orchards will stay. But if you want to see them in your yard, those brilliant, vivid orange birds in your yard, put out some grape jelly, some apple jelly, some orange marmalade in a dish and watch them go. Uh, the rose-breasted grosbeaks, I have been seeing reports left and right, and I think this may be the best year for rose-breasted grosbeaks that we have had in a long, long time. And <clears throat> I, I, they're just about on the tail end of that. My dad had one in his yard yesterday uh, as I was speaking to him earlier. Um, so not too late to get out and see those roast-breasted grosbeaks if you want to get those. But you've got to have that apple jelly and that grape jelly out for uh, the Orioles for sure. We've got Ed in Oxford has texted in. Or is he on the line? He is on the line. Ed, I'm here. talk to me, Ed. What's happening? Well, normally by this time we have uh, 40, 50 hummingbirds at our feeders. Uh, and right now we're just getting one or two sporadically, and the only thing drinking out of our hummingbird feeders are the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> I, it's really interesting, Ed. I get this uh, this very same question. If I had to guess, I'd say somewhere between 100 and 150 times every spring. What happens is that the the hummingbirds, these are ruby-throated hummingbirds, they come across the Gulf of Mexico in huge waves, and as they come across, they hit everybody's feeders, and then it's it's like Americans, well, all of us, not just Americans, but all of us have short-term memory loss when it comes to birds. We are so wowed by the presence of them that we forget that they have their little lives, too. They come across in big numbers, and for April and maybe the first week or so of May, we get to see them in pretty good numbers. And then they disappear every single year. And every single year, about this time, I start to get inundated with the phone calls uh, at home, at school, here on the radio, about where have all the Hummers gone. They're raising their babies. And unless you've got a nest within just a short distance of your home, they're not going to be coming to your feeders. They're out there catching insects to feed their babies. A lot of people don't realize that 60% of a hummingbird's diet is insects, not nectar. And they have to feed the babies insects to help them grow so quickly. Uh, once the 4th of July weekend comes, you are going to see just an explosion happen again. Because after the 4th of July, that weekend, right about that weekend, every year, uh, the numbers start picking up slowly at first, and by September, you will be inundated with hummingbirds. One of the, the great spectacles in North America occurs every year, right around that uh, early September time period. There's a festival in Rockport, Texas, called the Hummer Slash Bird Celebration, 
and they have a tour of 32 homes. And on that tour of 32 homes, each of those homes will have up to a thousand hummingbirds in the yard at one time. And it is an amazing sight to see. I, I if you're still there, Ed, what I would say is be patient. Oh. Keep the fluid out. Yeah. Keep it fresh. Keep it clean. If you do have a nest nearby, you'll still get to see the one or two. Um, but don't be disappointed that they're not in massive numbers. Everybody seems to forget every year that they, they come and they hit it, and then they're gone for a little while, then they come back. Well, I've, we've put out fruit for the Baltimore Orioles. But Good. have been leaving that alone and just going to the hummingbird uh, feeders. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, is your ratio at four to one, or is it a little higher than that? No, it's four to one. Okay. Um, one thing that might help is to have out saucers of grape jelly or apple jelly. Uh, a lot of times, that liquid is is the, the water that they have in the fluid in the nectar is what they need, and they can get the water that they need directly from those jellies if you'll have that out. Uh, most of the best photography that I see this time of year um, in the way of Orioles is Orioles that are coming in to um, fruit fruit jelly feeders, the grape and the uh, the orange marmalade, the apple jelly. Those are phenomenal. You can stick a stick up, uh, set up your camera, stick a stick up near the, the feeder, and the bird will come in and land on the stick, and it looks like it's completely out in the middle of nature. You've got this beautiful picture going on. And then you snap the picture right before the bird flips down to the feeder, and you've got this wonderful <laughs> shot out in the middle of the wild. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for the information. Absolutely, Ed. Thanks for the call this morning. I had the chance to go up to Oxford uh, earlier this year. I was a speaker at the, oh goodness, I have to remember what they call it, the Old Old Miss uh, Horticultural uh, event that they have up there every year. They have guest speakers come in and they talk about gardening practices. And uh, I was invited by one of the wonderful people up there to come and speak. Uh, to the Master Gardener group up there at Ole Miss. It was uh, quite a thrilling weekend and got to learn a lot about uh, what the Ole Miss horticultural uh, expert says is called crepe murder. He doesn't call them crepe myrtles. He calls it crepe murder when people cut their crepe myrtles back so heavily. So that was rather interesting. There was a long thread on one of the message boards, uh, Ole Miss. It had to be three weeks ago, and it, it went in pages of the crepe murder. And like everybody was like, don't do it, don't do it. But it's it's something you see every year. You cut, you cut them at the knuckles. And I, I've had um, you know, a couple of large ones that grow as you want them to up. And it takes that constant pruning at the lower branches, but I would never cut at the knuckles. Right. And it's such a beautiful, tall, you know, tree that it, it, it umbrellas over like it's supposed to, and uh, that's what I really love. I've seen them done the right way, and man, they're just majestic. Oh, it's. And it's, then you see them cut off at the knuckle, and you, oh man, that's tree screaming. Well, we have to be real careful here. That that's actually quite the controversial topic. Um, most horticulturists will tell you that they have to be selectively pruned and, and not knuckled off the way they are. Uh, I have neighbors that just absolutely knock them off at the knuckles every year, and some people seem to like that. What they will get is a short-term heavy bloom uh, followed by fewer blossoms during the year. If you leave them and and do selective pruning and carefully do it the way it is suggested by horticulturists, you will get 
slightly fewer blossoms right away, but then you will get longer and and more lush blossoms to last throughout the summer. And and that's the way you really want to work it. Plus it's a, a much more natural look for the for the tree. And harbors more bird nest, by the way. Um, robins especially will nest in crepe myrtles if everything is set up for them correctly. All right, I want to remind everybody, this is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama. No, you did not tune in to the wrong show. She's just taking a well-deserved break this morning. And we're going to talk this morning about all things wildlife-related as it relates to your garden. And we want you to give us a call and talk to us about what's going on in your neck of the woods. Uh, because there is a lot going on. I know there's... All kinds of things happening out there right now. The number to call us toll-free is 888-808-8637. Again, that's 888-808-8637. And you can always reach us on our C Spire text line if you're not driving. And magically, Lance, it does not work if you're driving. We've learned that the line only works if you're sitting still. <laughs> <laughs> Safety first, babe. Safety right. first. That's it. And the uh, text line is 601-879-4395. Love to hear from you either way. Shoot in a text. We'll be glad to answer your questions. Or talk to us right here live on the air at 888-808-8637. Um, several topics I want to touch on today. Three times in the last uh, I guess week and a half, two weeks, I have had people bring in injured baby birds. And we're going to talk about what to do with those injured baby birds when we come back in just a little bit. Uh, we've already talked a little bit on where did all the hummers go and feeding those migrants. But we're going to hit on all of that just a little bit more when we come back. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama right here on Weekend Gardening. Nowadays, more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. 
I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For the extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchardretirement.com. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmark zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why Exmark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet Boom Products, Oil Gator, Oil Dry Spill Kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a black label bridge builder please visit key's website at keyconstructors.com please also follow at key constructors on twitter instagram and facebook to see regular updates on the black label bridge builders under 35 and already losing your hair come on guys you know looking 10 years older is not a plus for your career or your social life but you have a choice that your dad didn't have. You can choose to keep your hair. I'm Dr. Michael Konoski at Mississippi Hair Restoration in Metro Jackson. Our new, affordable, non-surgical, in-office medical treatments stop loss and regrow your hair. The sooner you start, the less you have to lose. See our results at StopHairLossMS.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Turn it on up out there. Once again, good morning, Mississippi. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama, taking a well-deserved day off here on Mother's Day weekend. And again, happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers out there. We hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful weekend with your families. Uh, we got a text in. For those of you that don't know, Nellie sent out a, a email blast just a couple of weeks ago and said that for anyone that would send back an email, she would send them a little package of seeds, and they were zinnia seeds. 
She sent out the seeds, and I got mine. I made sure to do that. She sent out the seeds, and we're getting pictures and texts back from customers who have planted their seeds and are reporting on the seeds that Nellie sent them. And we got a text in from Andy in Jackson, said he wanted to report on the zinnia seeds that Nellie had sent him. And I'm looking at a picture. There must be six times six, uh, 36 of these little tiny pots uh, that have zinnia seeds in them, and they are all coming up after just eight days. And I'll tell you, folks, zinnias are one of those flowers that most people grow for their beauty, but a lot of people don't realize zinnias are wonderful for both butterflies and hummingbirds. Uh, You won't have a whole lot of people that plant zinnias specifically for hummingbirds, but they certainly work, and the zinnias will attract the hummers and get them to come in. Never, never Turn your eye away from a plant just because you don't think it is designed for something else. I'll give you another little bit of information. As I'm working through the the crud in my throat here, um, every year in the fall, I will see the goldenrod start blooming, and everybody will say, oh, the goldenrod's out. I'm allergic. I'm allergic. I have news for you. If it is a brightly colored flower, It is typically, not always, but typically hypoallergenic. Brightly colored flowers are pollinated by the insects, the birds, the bats, the things that come to them to pollinate. It's the green flowers and the green strobili of gymnosperms that you have to look out for. The pollens that are allergenic are the ones that are carried through the air primarily Uh, because the flowers aren't bright and showy, and they do not have pollinators to take care of them. So they are carried through the air, and that's what we're breathing in that cause our problems. Goldenrods, not so much. Ragweed, you better believe it. Grasses, oaks, maples, all of those things that don't have bright, showy flowers. That's why trees and grasses are such a problem. Uh, for so many people that are allergy sufferers. And I am in the middle of spring allergy season myself, so you'll have to forgive me if I turn and cough just a little bit every now and then. Uh, Lance has been laughing at me through the glass, uh, watching me reach for the cough button. We've got a cough button here at the uh, radio station. We are high tech. And uh, anytime I need to cough, I'll just wave, and Lance will start talking for me. You're good at using the button. See how well that worked. Yeah, he I was came re- in. I was he ready. Came. I was yes. ready. Yeah, you're good. You you actually know where it is. Use it well. And I, I have a. Um, I'll do the same thing when I do my baseball program. I forget that the mic because I'm not always on in here. And then when I'm doing my baseball show, it's always on, and I'll have to. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I've got to use the deadening button there. But it's nice tech, you know. It's mm-hmm. nice to have that just in case there's a slip up or something. There is a little bit of a, a like you said, the the cough in the air. Right now, right. Oh man, the pollen and you know the rain and mold. How do you, um, you know, what is your mindset? You know, with like the zinnias, when you say that they're good for hummingbirds, is it best to you know keep them out in the bright sun so that the beautiful flowers are you know shining in the sun for them, or do you sit them over in the corner? What's mm. the no? Uh, set them out and let them be pretty. Uh, if there's enough rain, enough enough uh, watering going on, the nectar. T- content that they have is going to be fine for the birds. That's not an issue. In fact, when there is lower water, the nectar is just more concentrated in, in times. So it's it's not an issue. 
uh, as far as where you plant them, put them where you want them. Well, and I've noticed the wisteria, and I didn't. I wanted to ask you about that. I've had a couple of little hummers just, you know, buzzing me as I sit under the wisteria. I have a couple of uh, umbrellas set up so I can sit up outside and mm-hmm. you know do everything I want to do on the porch. And and this year the the wisteria really took off, and I've tried to manicure it so that it's more of a tree bush that I can kind of enjoy the shade. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden these hummingbirds are zipping through there, and I, I was just sitting there yesterday drinking my coffee and a little hummingbird almost landed on my shoulder now or is wisteria something that they like it is it is uh, i tell you one that's even better than that is mimosa the old-fashioned mimosa trees my grandfather uh way back in the day we won't talk about what decade that was my grandfather way back in the day had uh, a pair of mimosa trees uh, that were so big and so beautiful and the hummers would be just it was almost like a swarm sitting under them, and he would sit under them every day and, and just sit back in a one of those old aluminum uh, chaise lounge chairs, fold-up picnic chaise lounge chairs with a fiberglass stripe uh, straps that hold them together. He'd sit back in that thing, and I, I kid you not, I'd seen hummingbirds land on his shoulders. They were so used to him being there. Now, I, I don't know whether they were attracted or repelled or didn't care, but he almost always had his pipe with him as well. Uh, smoking a particular brand of, uh, well, I guess I can say the flavor if I don't say the brand. It was Borkumbrief. I don't know if you, you know about the Borkumbrief. I do not. I've, I've smelled the cherry, you know, before yeah. a lot. But. I, uh, I'm not a smoker and um, not speaking against it per much, uh, per much. That was, this is a new highly scientific term that I have coined, per much. Um I don't speak against it that much. Uh, my students do know what my opinions are and how I feel about uh, what it can cause. And I think most adults out there that are smokers realize the dangers associated. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about migrants. This year has been probably the best year that I can remember in, in decades for rose-breasted grosbeaks coming through uh, the state of Mississippi. And if you don't know what a rose-breasted grosbeak looks like, you owe it to yourself to go look that up. Rose-breasted grosbeak. Now, make sure you look up a male. The females are wonderful, too, but they're not as pretty. Uh, and let's talk a little bit about why they're not as pretty in just a second. Let's finish talking about them coming through right now. That great big beak, gross in German means large. And that's where we get the term for a gross of eggs is 12 dozen. It's a large number of eggs. So gross, meaning large, gross beak, big bill, big beak. And these birds have a a beak that is designed for eating seeds, a big, massive, cracking beak designed for eating seeds. And they do absolutely wonderfully when they're coming through in migration, snapping up all the seeds. It took me years to see my first rose-breasted gross beak. It was somewhat of a nemesis bird. All of us that are bird watchers at some point or another have a nemesis bird. And friends would call me and say, Ken, come on over. I've got gross beaks in my yard. Come on and see them. And I would get there, and they would have just left. So um, that was a a situation, too. Uh, we've got Corinne in Jackson who wants to know if there's a way to prevent chickadees from building a nest in the bluebird box. She says the bluebirds did build nests for three or four years in a row, but then the chickadees took over. Uh, the easy way to handle that, Corinne, is to put up multiple boxes. Um, 
and you're going to love this one. We had, uh, and the folks at Wild Birds Unlimited can back me up on this, we had a customer who was a Wild Birds Unlimited customer come in one year, and she had photographs. She had chickadees and eastern bluebirds cohabitating in the same box, both sitting on eggs, and both successfully fledged their babies. It was amazing. Now, Territory is an issue. Uh, chickadees are wonderful, wonderful in uh, birds, and we need them to eat insects and foods, too. Uh, they will primarily eat seeds, but uh, they'll take some small insects as well. And they're both beloved. I would never fuss about a chickadee. Uh, nest being in my bluebird box. I would simply know that if I want both of them, and I do, I do want both of them, I would put up two boxes, one for each. And that's not that difficult. I wouldn't prevent the chickadees from coming. I would just, uh, I would just make sure that they both had a place to stay. And uh, being out in the open a little bit more will help, but uh, they they will utilize almost anything. I've seen Carolina chickadees nest in the upright post of a chain-link fence that just went straight down. There was nothing there but straight-down post, and the cap had come off the fence post, and they nested straight down in it. It was an amazing thing to see. Okay, let's, uh, let's look up. I've got another... Well, Corinne says also, I was about to make a huge mistake and probably cut off the blooms for next year. Why didn't that occur to me? It bloomed beautifully in its container a couple of months or so ago. Appreciate it. I'm guessing she's talking about her crepe myrtle. That's my guess. Hmm. Uh, here's another caller who is texting in saying, I run a small side landscape business and people try to get me to chop the crepe myrtles off, basically at their knees, but I refuse to crepe murder. There's that term. I tell them that I will do as you're saying and I will thin out the limbs by about a third and I will cut off from the very top if necessary. But my question is, how often should I thin out a crepe myrtle to keep its shape, health, and productivity as high as we can? And I'm going to tell you very, very quickly that I am not the answer man there. Uh, call back next weekend or text back next weekend. Uh, maybe Lance can get the information here from the text to Garden Mama. And when she comes back, she is the one to answer that. Uh, I will tell you that the person that had the answer and gave the symposium on it up at Ole Miss was the head of uh, Ole Miss's horticultural department. And that's who I learned from. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's who I learned from. But uh, wow. There's that, uh, there's that allergy thing kicking up its head. But I don't remember exactly what he said to do, and I'm getting to the point where I need someone else to do my gardening work. Um, it's all I can do to keep up in my schedule with everything I have to do. I'm looking forward to doing a little more gardening when I retire in another year or two. Um, I, right now, I'm, I'm aiming for two. If I make it two more years, I'll be 65 and will have taught for 42 years. Right now, I just signed up for my 41st year, just finishing my 40th year in the classroom. Still love what I do. Um, just need to make it through to the end of that row. Enjoy it tremendously. And I, I one of the great rewarding parts of that is hearing back from former students. And fortunately, we hear a lot from former students while I'm here on the air. Okay. Those are wonderful text questions that came in. Hope that I gave you a somewhat uh, pleasant answer for you. The 
side landscape business dealing with crate murder? I'm afraid I don't have the exact answer for you there. You'll need to talk to, to Nellie on that one. I have a quick question for you. My, my papa, he was a big Martin fan. You know, he had the gourds, and uh, he loved sitting out there and watching the Martins over the, the little carport. I mean, years and years of it. Mm-hmm. And they were farmers uh, from around the Philadelphia area. He had contracted tuberculosis and ended up in McGee, Mississippi at the sanatorium where he mm-hmm. busted out once. And uh, they Mamaw brought him back and said, we're just going to – we're going to stay this time. We're going to just move to McGee if you'll stay here. So they did. And, but he got, you know, they set every, you know, everything up in the yard and had a huge garden. And it mm-hmm. was very productive fig trees, apple trees, you know. But the Martins were the one. I wanted to ask you what is the fascination? And with obviously the Martin is a beautiful and, and it talks a lot and it congregates so well. But what is the old school fascination with the Martin? I've always been curious about that. I think the biggest old school fascination is the fact that they do eat flying insects. Um, over the last few decades, the the big preponderance is got to have those martins up to eat my mosquitoes. Unfortunately, that's not exactly the case. Martins will eat mosquitoes, but not many at all. Less than 3% of a martin's diet is mosquitoes. They're just not the mosquito killers that, uh, that people want to have around. Yes, they're fun. They're wonderful. Have up your martin houses. Have up your gourds. Enjoy them. Just know that if you're going to go to that expense, it's not for the mosquitoes. It's for the birds, and we certainly need our birds being taken care of out there. Anything that we can do to help is good. If you really want to get rid of mosquitoes, you need to put up a bat house. Fewer than 1% of all sick bats that you can find are um, going to carry any kind of diseases that you would have to worry about. Now, we always suggest if you find a sick bat to call one of us, call the zoo, call someone, uh, rather than doing it on your own. But um, Bats are the way to go if you want to get rid of mosquitoes. They'll feed all night long. They'll eat 7,000 mosquitoes a night. One bat will. So that's, uh, that's quite a bit of information there. We can talk some more about that when we come back. We're going to have a wonderful time this morning. Hopefully get into some of your calls. Give us a call and tell us what's happening in your neck of the woods or ask us your questions. The number is 888-808-8637. That's 888-808-8637. Or you can send us a text if you don't want to come on the air. That ceasefire text line is 601-879-4395. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama. You're listening to Weekend Gardening. I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Call toll-free. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living. 
Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double wide and two stories at that. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. Ladies and gentlemen, Mazda of Jackson would like to introduce the all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90, the car that takes luxury to the next level. Imagine being behind the wheel, feeling the comfort of the premium leather seats, and breathing in the aroma of genuine wood trim. And that's just the beginning. The CX-90 has a sleek design that's sure to turn heads wherever you go. The exterior is built to impress with bold lines and an athletic stance. But don't let its sporty exterior fool you. The CX-90 is built for families. With three rows of seats, it comfortably accommodates up to seven passengers. Plus, there's ample cargo space for all your gear. And for those who demand the latest technology, the CX-90 delivers. With a state-of-the-art infotainment system and advanced safety features, you'll always stay connected and safe. The all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90. Luxury, performance, and family-friendly, all in one package. Test drive yours today at Mazda of Jackson. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like Western Red Cedar and Cypress Lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Good morning. We're back here on 
Weekend gardening, Garden Mama taking a well-deserved break here on Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to everybody that's out there. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama this weekend. And um, got a couple of really good questions that came in during the break over the text line. Chris in Meridian wants to know the best type location to put up a bat house. Well, Chris, that's an easy answer to question. All of them will do better mounted on a house. And, and there's some controversy out there about this. All of them do better mounted on houses um, with an eastern or southern face, okay? Uh, mine is located in, in the corner of the gable of my house, uh, probably about 20 feet up. It needs to be at least 12 to 20 feet up, and, and 15 to 20 seems to be the optimum there. Choose a sunny location, okay? You want to be on the sunny side of, of things. That's why the east or the south. And they work best if they've got at least six to eight hours of sunlight. That's, uh, excuse me, that's not bad manners. That's that's good coffee, right? Um, they, they seem to work best on the sunny uh, side of the house. And if you can get that working, then you'll be in good shape. Don't put it near uh, a security light or something like that that can disturb their their. Uh, circadian rhythms, so to speak, they do get into uh, particular times of day and night where they need that rest, and security lights don't seem to help that out very much. Um, Installing it near a porch is not a good idea for that reason. You also don't want them over doors or windows because the guano, just being honest, can be an issue over doors and windows. Now, if you've got a flower bed, the guano is not an issue. It is a major, major plus. So put it over the top of a flower bed and just enjoy. Uh, If you can't put it on the house or on a barn itself, then your next bet is to go to a tree or a post. And I will tell you that of those, you will find that you don't get the success that you will get up against a house. For whatever reason, uh, I'm, I'm going to guess it has something to do with the ambient temperature, but I've been reading that for years. I had the great pleasure of meeting Amanda Lawler uh, years ago at the Rockport Festival uh, Humber Bird Celebration down in Rockport, Texas, which, by the way, is that uh, festival that I told you about for hummingbirds. Did we talk about that earlier? I thought I did. Um, down in Rockport, Texas, and I was talking to Amanda, and we were discussing all of these wonderful things about bats and and she said well would you like to see my bat and i'm looking at her out in the middle of the vendors we were in a gymnasium at a school and probably a couple hundred vendors set up in there and i said yeah she said you seem like a fairly knowledgeable guy and she lifted her lapel and reached under and she pulled out a little mexican free-tailed bat that was tucked up underneath her shirt um <clears throat> and and she kept it she she kept it right there uh, when she was out and around and by golly she had that little Mexican free tail it was the cutest little thing you've ever seen but I do not do not want folks to go out and pick up a bat unless you know what you're doing and by that means I mean that you need to be fully trained and have that federal permit that's required to handle them you know I'm out in the woods a good bit <clears throat> in the Delta and I um, I notice you'll see uh, one a lot uh, there'll be a solo bat just in a field or flying and I have a, about a two-year-old fox red female lab who's gung-ho and she loves birds, loves mm-hmm. them. And anytime we're in this one field, we, we would go out, and it's not a huge field. It's very covered, and it's got a pond, you know, off to the side. But she knows there's a one bat in that field, and they play. 
and the bat will race down about a hundred yards and twenty, you know, ten or twelve feet above her, and she'll chase it, and then he'll go down there with the bat and turn around and come back, and this goes on for thirty, forty-five minutes, and it's pretty regular about dusk. And I guess my question is: Are bats notorious for being pranksters and playing around and stuff like that? Or I mean, what? I I have a guess. Lance, and it's strictly a guess. My guess is that the bat's not paying attention to the dog whatsoever. I think the bat is feeding, and it's got a particular pathway that it utilizes near that water to go back and forth and catch food, and it gets to the end of it and turns around and comes back and and goes back and forth. And the dog is a very willing participant in that one-sided affair. Well, thank you. I was wondering about that. I didn't know because I've never really seen bats, you know, engage uh, like a dog. But yeah, mm-hmm. this one, it was, and it's such out in the open, it's easy to kind of witness and see. But that makes better sense because it's going from the tree line and then going to the pond and mm-hmm. then turning around and going back in the pond. You know, there's mosquitoes everywhere and bugs everywhere. And uh, the other question was if you're out in the wild, what are you looking for as far as a bat house, uh, you know, their nest out in the wild versus, say, against the home? It depends on the species. Uh, We have a number of bat species in Mississippi. Some of them will roost right on the side of a tree. Um, we've we've got quite a few. We do have a number of small, nothing extensive, but small caves in Mississippi, and we have some bats that that roost in those caves. Um, We have a good number of bats that are living in bat houses on people's yards, and uh, sadly, we've got a number of bats who are doing quite well, except that people don't want them there, in attics and and whatnot around. One of my favorites is a situation up at Mississippi State University, and I understand that there's being some renovation done there. Um, At Mississippi State University, in the uh, McComas Hall Auditorium, that's the Performing Arts Center there at at Mississippi State, they have had bats coming in through something up in the top of the building for years, since it was first first opened. And... um, my daughter, who is, uh, I have to point this out, graduated yesterday with her degree in theater. Um, yay, hoop, hoop, holler, holler. Um, along with quite a few of my students, I was shocked at how many of my students were walking across the stage the same day. Um, at any rate, she was in a production of Dracula a number of years ago, and it was pretty interesting that while they were there performing Dracula, the bats had come down from the top of the auditorium, and they were flying around on the stage. It just gave it a very surreal feeling to all of it to have those bats coming down in the middle of the performance of Dracula. Uh, added some authenticity to it, and, and obviously they're, they're a fan of the work. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. They enjoyed that stuff. Well, it's, it's hard to beat Bram Stoker anyway. He's uh, a master storyteller. But, I'm a fan of all of the different versions of the Draculas. All, I mean, I, any of them that I see a movie on, I'll watch the Dracula stuff. It is fascinating, you know, and it and there's the lore, but there's also the historical context that lays along right. with it. It's right. accurate. It's hard to distinguish between the reality and the imaginary, but it, it, it's a great tale. Uh, the imaginary does get carried quite a bit away from the reality of the story of Vlad the Impaler, uh, as it were. Um, It's a long, dark, macabre history, and I think the supernatural aspects of it have really fed that tale and that story a great deal. So, there we are. Um, So, 
I don't know. It just it, it fascinates me. I the fun thing for me is that I played Dracula when I was in school at Mississippi State. That was my first semester at State. I was uh, was able to play that role. And then my daughter, she did not play Dracula, of course, uh, but she was a member of the cast and and was very involved in that show and uh, quite frightening looking. I might add too. She was uh, one scary little frightening person in that. Uh, in that production. We've got uh, quite a bit of time left this morning. We're still uh, an entire hour to go. We'd love to hear what's going on in your neck of the woods. We want to talk about your birds, your hummers, your rabbits, your squirrels, your bats, your deer. What's happening where you are? Give us a call this morning and talk to us on Weekend Gardening. The number to call is 888 888- 808-8637. That's 888-808-8637. Or you can text us on the C Spire hotline, and that is 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. This is Ken Hackman filling in for the Garden Mama right here on Weekend Gardening. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. So how do you know if you have hail damage? Not all roof damage can be spotted from the ground. Gallo here. From experience, believe me, you need a pro that you can trust to give you an honest assessment of your roof. There's no better team than Watkins Construction and Roofing. You can trust them to give you an honest evaluation. The Watkins team will answer your call 24-7 and give you a complimentary roof inspection and estimate. Plus, count on them to get back with you as fast as the next business day. Financing is available. Count on the pros. Watkins, 601-966-8233. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni Street Pros, online at baronistreepros.com. It's Lisa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Law enforcement agencies from across the state gathered at a public safety summit in Flowood this week to share ideas and concerns. Attorney General Lynn Fitch said that the summit had a wide array of individuals in attendance. 
it, it's just been phenomenal, you know, to bring together all of the um, different law enforcement agencies, um, bring the police departments, sheriff's yeah. departments, investigators, our advocates, our prosecutors. Again, this is the first time ever to have us all together and to talk about the issues, the challenges and the opportunities. Fitch added that they touched on a lot of topics over the three-day event. Certainly things that we all need to, to take on, such as human trafficking, uh, yep. the opioid crisis. Then we've hit so many other things like behavioral analysis, uh, having uh, the, the team leader of uh, the Navy SEALs, the six team, to come in and talk about what it's like to lead a team. It's the first day of the first grade And she found a new best friend It's a laid-back Sunday afternoon You wish would never end The homemade taste of Bluebell And good friends gathered round The good old days are being made right now Have you noticed that most ice creams now come in smaller cartons? Not Bluebell we're still making a full half gallon and a full pint of tasty goodness. Bluebell wouldn't have it any other way. The good old days are being made right now. The good old days are being made right now. Look for Bluebell ice cream at your local grocer and pick up your favorite flavor today. A new report from the state auditor's office has revealed that the city of Jackson is operating at a massive loss due to both water billing, well, lack of water billing actually, and population decline. According to the analysis, while Jackson's revenue continues to increase, all that money is being outpaced by expenses. The city's daily water consumption has also increased 245% since 2003, with revenues from water departments declining during that time span. Overall, the city of Jackson operated with a $27.7 million loss in fiscal year 2021. Other similar-sized cities like Savannah, Georgia and Pasadena, Texas were able to operate in the positives of around $10 million during that same time. If you want to read that full report, it's online at supertalk.fm. With Sports Mississippi, I'm Nixon Williams. It was all Tigers in Southeast Conference baseball on Friday. The Auburn Tigers took two from Ole Miss, winning the first game 16-4 in eight innings, and the nightcap at 8-2. The Auburn Tigers improved to 29-19, and 13-13 in the conference. The Rebels fall to 25-25, and 20 They'll play game three today, 2 o'clock first pitch, 1.30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State was in Baton Rouge. The LSU Tigers took a 12-1 seven-inning run rule game from the Bulldogs. Improved to 39-10, 17-7 in the conference. The Bulldogs fall to 24-24, 6-19 in the SEC. They'll play again tonight, 6 o'clock first pitch, 5.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Southern Miss was at Monroe to play Louisiana Monroe. The Golden Eagles came out with an 8-4 win. To stay atop the Sun Belt standings at 33 and 15, 18 and 7 to play again this afternoon. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. 
people of Mississippi, it's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits, like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards, all accessed on one easy-to-use card. Plus more. Call 855-413-8769, TTY711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Pay Dr. Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. Postseason baseball begins for a couple of Mississippi teams on Monday. The William Carey Crusaders are the number one seed in the Hattiesburg bracket of the NAIA Regional Playoffs. They'll get on the way Monday at 10 o'clock at Milton Wheeler Field on the campus of William Carey University. Union takes on Houston Victoria at 10 o'clock Monday morning. And then at 1.30 Monday afternoon, Texas Wesleyan takes on Alva Maria. And then at 5 o'clock Monday afternoon, William Carey Crusaders will take on the winner of Game 1 between Union and Houston Victoria. And then the Region 23 Junior College Tournament gets underway in Eunice, Louisiana on Monday. At 12 noon, Meridian takes on Pearl River. And then at 3.30 Monday afternoon, the number one seed LSU Eunice takes on Northeast. And then at 7 o'clock Monday night, East Central takes on Itawamba in the Region 23 Tournament. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. And good morning, Mississippi. Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama this morning. Having a wonderful Mother's Day weekend. And wish all those mothers out there a happy Mother's Day. We've got a variety of topics going on this morning. We're going to go right to the text line. And this is from Elizabeth in Oxford. She says, what can she do about the barn swallows at her front door? She's put up aluminum foil around the overhang so they can't build a nest, but they won't leave. They sit on the light and cause a big mess. Yes, Elizabeth, they will cause a mess. They do uh, produce quite a bit of fecal matter. Um, There are a number of things that you can do, but once they are there, there's nothing you can do legally if they have a nest. Now, if there is no nest at all, then you can use there's any one of a half dozen of products out there that are odor causing products that scare them away or chase them away because they don't like the odor Uh, i prefer uh, out of all those things i prefer mothballs Uh, put them around the area and that will deter them i'm not sure about some of the other things i have read about because i don't know what chemicals are involved in there Um, anything that's moving 
will scare them away. If you have a, a way to have a balloon or chimes or something like that uh, moving in the area, a small fan blowing on some chimes will do the trick. Um, it's kind of hard up under the porch. You can prevent them from nesting easily with the uh, with netting or with aluminum foil or cling wrap. Now you might try, you might try finding some way to take that uh, that light that you have up there and leave it turned off or something like that and, and wrap netting around it or wrap aluminum foil around it. But you could not do that if you're going to turn the light on. Uh, short of removing the globe of the light if you've if it's got a globe short of doing something along those lines i don't have any other answers other than the mothballs uh, being placed located as closely as you can to that light uh, that might do it otherwise good luck you're on your own until the babies have left the nest if there is one there not a not the answer you wanted to hear but uh, all of those birds nests, folks if you've got a bird nesting where you don't want it it is federally protected by law, and you can't mess with them until they have left the nest. That's a that's a, an item that gets a lot of people in trouble, and um, I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of the time, you may not get caught. I, I don't condone you hurting our wonderful feathered friends. You may not get caught, uh, but if you do get caught, there are... Uh, pretty stiff fines and possibly even jail time associated with messing with a bird's nest. Just not supposed to do it. Let's take just a moment. Uh, we Oh, we've got a, a call in. Uh, Michael in Starkville is traveling to Brookhaven. He's made an observation about visiting a bird at feeder for eight days of gross beaks. Hosting tree swallows in different states. Martin's thoughts doesn't see them in North Mississippi. Go ahead, Michael. You're on the air with Ken Hackman, the Birdman. Okay, thank you very much. This, this is Mike Muse. Uh, I live in Starkville, a 1973 graduate of Mississippi State, by the way. So congratulations to your daughter. Uh, had a uh, observation. Uh, had the pleasure at my backyard feeders of having probably in the neighborhood of seven or eight um, roast-breasted grosbeaks that came through about ten days ago, and they were around every day for about uh, oh, roughly about eight or nine days, and they were gone. And I had that happen a couple of uh, years ago too. And I do understand that Mississippi is not quite in their nesting range. But I just thought that was really, really neat, and I was interested in your thoughts on them. But the other thing is, uh, I had a long career working with the uh, Veterans Department of Veterans Affairs and lived in many states, including up north, and really enjoyed hosting some tree swallows and birdhouses. But it appears that Mississippi is totally out of their range, uh, but not by much. And I was just wondering if there is ever any occasions known where any tree swallows ever stay far enough south to nest in North Mississippi. Uh, thanks for that call, Michael. Uh, we'll take that in order, and we'll hit the grosbeaks first. The rose-breasted grosbeaks do come through here every year. Uh, this year is probably the greatest number that I have seen in several decades, and um, we've been all giddy about it, those of us that are on the birding Facebook pages and uh, the wildlife photography Facebook pages here in the central part of the state. Uh, I don't think I can remember any time when they were this good over the last uh, two or 
or three decades. Um, they are an eruptive species, and from one year to the next, there's no telling where they're going to pop up. The same thing is true of a lot of our migratory birds. Um, as to your question about the swallows, we see tree swallows every winter down here. Uh, there are still a few coming through. They're migratory, and they will stay down here in the winter time. sometimes if it's a mild winter. We used to see them every year when I was doing research down in the coastal pine savannas, uh, doing Henslow Sparrow research with uh, students of mine at the high school, working alongside doctoral graduate research students at LSU. And uh, the tree swallows are always present in the wintertime uh, in mild winters. They'll come through in migration, but no, they don't stay here at all. They head further up north to breed, and they will breed in those smaller hold boxes that you can put out up in the north. Um, I've not heard of tree swallow nesting taking place in Mississippi. There is a wonderful source for all breeding bird information in Mississippi, and that is the uh, Birds of Mississippi book that was written by Bill Turcott a number of years ago. Uh, it is perhaps a little outdated in that it probably doesn't have records for the last decade or more. Uh, but you can also go to MissBird.org. That's M-I-S-S-B-I-R-D, MissBird.org and uh, get some information from that website. Uh, they've got official lists there and whatnot. Uh, we just had our Mississippi Ornithological Society State Conference this last weekend uh, with some wonderful speakers. Uh, uh, one of the chief scientists for Ducks Unlimited, or the chief scientist for Ducks Unlimited, Tom Mormon, was a speaker for us, along with a rehabber that specializes in bats, whose name is Lily Gibbs, bats and, and raptors. And Lily uh, was up from the coastal regions talking to us as well. Great weekend of field trips and birding and batting and just imagine everything you can, and we had a wonderful time. But as to your question about specific housing down here, I don't know of any. Oh, okay. Uh, the, the closest I know that that I have seen them nest is uh, there is a friend of mine that lives near Chattanooga, Tennessee, and they occasionally have some there. But I saw them quite frequently when I lived in places like Michigan and Ohio a number of years ago. Oh yes, but I really am enjoying this. I'm enjoying listening to your show, and I really appreciate the information. Well, thank you. I enjoy being on all the time. Uh, according to the map that I just pulled up, they will breed in North Mississippi. Um, so across the northern third of Mississippi, wintering down on the coastal pine savannas, as I mentioned, uh, and breeding all the way up into the uh, maritime provinces of Canada. So um, that is on the American Bird Conservancy website that I've just pulled that up. So two or three different sites here show them nesting in the very far northern section of Mississippi. Uh, the second one that I went to shows them only in the far northeast corner around Tishomingo, but uh, evidently far northern part of the state according to the Cornell Lab of Ornithology and the northern third by the American Bird Conservancy. So there are two different pieces of information for you that uh, we're able to pull up real quickly, okay? Okay, thank you again, and uh, again, I'm enjoying your show. Okay, thank you. Glad to have you on. We've got a text in from uh, 
Sue from Brandon. She's having a huge problem with bats in the attic of her fair cabin in Neshoba County. Love that Neshoba County fair. We've had them removed several years, but they're back. So bad that part of the ceiling will need to be replaced this time. It's getting expensive. How do you keep them out? Sue, you are going to have to find how they're getting in and completely block that off. Uh, The only way that you will get rid of them is to completely block it off. I suggest hardware cloth, um, which is a a much thicker, stronger version of what people used to call chicken wire. Hardware cloth will work. Um, I have heard of people using, if if you have a way to prevent them from chewing around it, I've heard of people using steel wool. Uh, there's no way to keep them out other than completely blocking it off with a way that they can't chew their way in. You've got to find out how they're getting in. Getting them out is expensive. Replacing ceiling is expensive. They don't have to worry about getting them out if they can't get in. That's the answer that you need. Um, here's a text from Anne in Oxford. She says, as for the swallow, she hangs reflective garden tape and let it hang down. It works, still working. So there's the answer for, uh, Sue. No, there's the answer for, who is that? Well, Elizabeth in Oxford. So your friend Anne right there in your own neighborhood says, hang some reflective garden tape and let it hang down and blow around in the wind and that'll keep the swallows away. Uh, Rhett in Ridgeland says, I had a squirrel in my attic, sealed up the access points, but couldn't trap it. While it was in the attic, I tried a small trap with non-toxic bait. Unfortunately, she never went after it. Sad end. Any pro tips? (sighs) Again, you've got to find out where it's getting in and seal up that access point. It's going to smell bad when it doesn't get there. Uh, I think I would have tried the small trap Instead of non-toxic bait, I think I would have tried water. Um, That's the thing that they're not going to be able to get to if you've got it trapped inside there. I would have waited during the day and and make sure that it's outside of the attic during the day uh, and then take care of it that way. Seal it up while the the, uh, squirrel was outside. With bats, uh, Rhett says he's had success waiting until they leave for the night, spraying bleach on the access points, and then blocking the holes. Uh, I have heard of the bleach thing. My only concern with bleach is that it can cause damage to some of the animals if it's not thoroughly, and I mean thoroughly, rinsed off. Uh, We don't want to kill anything. We just want to prevent them from coming back in. But yes, while they're out for the evening is, is the best time to block off those access points get those holes covered and again I recommend using um, hardware cloth the, a small gauge hardware cloth not the largest squares that you can find a small gauge hardware cloth will prevent them from being able to get back in and chew in use those uh, gate staples if you know what I'm talking about the the big heavy staples that you hammer in when you're putting in a barbed wire fence and Put that in on that hardware cloth, and that'll do the trick. may not look real pretty, but if you've got an aging house, which is probably the situation if you've got bats getting in anyway, uh, it's not going to hurt the, the outside appearance that much in relative to what you're dealing with anyway. Okay? Thanks for those texts. We appreciate that coming in. Uh, Ken Hackman, the Birdman. I'm certainly not a squirrel specialist nor a bat specialist. Do know a little bit about both and be glad to answer your questions. I know a good bit about bats. I'm not necessarily the bat whisperer when it comes to keeping them out of the house. Um, I love to talk more about their abilities as 
pollinators. I, the word just would not come, Lance, for just a second there. I was I was having one of those senior moments that uh, seem to be happening far more often than they used to, but uh, that's okay. Uh, getting old is beats the alternative, and that's not getting old. So um, I will stick right in. I, I will point out, too, at, at my age, I'm starting to learn that getting old is not for sissies. Uh, you really got to be up for everything when you you start reaching my age. Well, you're you're just a few years older than me. I'll, I'll be forty nine this this summer, and I, I don't feel like forty nine <laughs> until you do something that you know uh, you go hit about a hundred range balls, and then you're like, uh-huh. yeah, I'm feeling a little, a little bit. You got to put in a little more stretching, a little more effort. You know, everything takes a little longer. But I'm with you as as we age. Uh, it's not for sissies, is it? No, it's not. And, and I love your definition of few. When you said I was just a few years older than you were, I, I appreciate that definition. Um, <clears throat> that definition is definitely a double-digit few, so <laughs> we won't go too far there. We've got another caller on the line coming in in just a second. I wanted to mention something while we're waiting to get to that call that is happening far too often, uh, and it's becoming more and more prevalent as our area uh, becomes more developed where I am in the Madison County area. Uh, Please, ladies and gentlemen, when you find a fledgling bird or, quote, an orphaned bird on the ground, do not try to, and I put this in air quotes, rescue it. Don't try to rescue that little baby. Mom and Dad know where it is. They're there watching from hidden places while you're there. And you may stay there and watch for 10, 15, 20 minutes and never see Mom and Dad. That's because they're waiting for you to get out of the way so that they can take care of uh, their little babies. I've had three sets of fledgling birds brought to me in the last two weeks, all three of which ended up dying because Mom and Dad are the best source of care that they can get. We do have rehabbers in the area that will take them. Uh, I will tell you that a lot of times those rehabbers will do everything they can, but they are not the parents. And if you want to save the little baby birds that you find on the ground, leave them where they are. If there's a, if you can get them back in the nest, put them back in the nest. It's not true that the parents are going to take care of them. Um, if you can't put them back in the nest, you can get them up in a bush or something that keeps them away from the cats. Um, and if if there are no cats in the area, just leave them wherever they are on the ground. The mom and dad will take care of them, and they are the best chance for survival that that mom and dad has. Okay? And we've got Bill on the Well, we're going to wait till after the break since we're about to have to roll over, and Bill was riding, so he goes, I can hold on. So, Well, good, Bill. Thanks for holding on. We're going to be talking about more when we come back. We'd love everybody to give us a call. This is a caller-driven show. Give us a call at 888-808-8637. Again, that's a toll-free number, 888-808-8637. As always, you can call us on our ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for the Garden Mama right here on We Weekend Gardening. We'll have more for you when we return.
Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Why are we on this planet? Did God create us just to work the nine to five grind and crash for the weekend? No, our creator wants to use us, you and me, to give back to others. You can be a part of God's bringing restoration to a fallen world by donating or volunteering or both at Gateway Rescue Mission right here in Jackson. Check us out at gatewaymission.org. In life and in business, one thing is certain, change. That's why Pillium Corporation is ready to keep you ahead of the curve on ever-evolving technology, critical for your company's security and growth. To that end, the Pillium team offers IT support and security and forensics, plus cloud services and networking, mobile communications, body cams, and in-car video systems, and real-time crime center technology. Visit us at Pillium.com. Smart people, smart business, smart solutions. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now edge sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for edge sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. 
Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Mississippi. Ken Hackman, the Birdman, filling in for Garden Mama this morning on this Mother's Day weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. We've got quite a bit to get to here real quick. Uh, got some texts on the line and a call from Jim uh, coming up. But first, we want to get back to Bill in Grenada. He's got a private lake with uh, just put some ducks out. Something is eating his ducks. Uh, Bill, I I understand you may have one of the of the answers figured out. The others might blow your mind. I have, over the years, as a zoology instructor, and I I no longer dissect. I used to quite a bit. Over the years, found some amazing things inside the stomachs of bullfrogs. I have seen some amazing things happen with birds. I've seen some unbelievable things happen with bass. We have found baby ducklings in the in the stomachs of bullfrogs that we dissected. We have found baby ducklings and seen baby ducklings being taken by bass, turtles. Uh, I think the uh, Lance, our, our producer behind the glass, said that you had mentioned turtles. Not likely to be snapping turtles, possible, more likely to be the sliders, pond sliders like the red-eared slider, chicken slider, yellow-bellied slider that we have here in Mississippi. They're much more likely to grab hold of a duckling than a snapper is. Snappers have a tendency to sit on the bottom and catch food that is swimming around down near the bottom. And the ducks typically don't go that far down. Um, a lot of lot of really neat things that can take baby ducklings. That's why they make so many of them. Uh, survival of the fittest means that all organisms have to produce more of their own kind in order to survive. Uh, if you think about it from a more domestic standpoint, uh, a, a female dog has eight teats, and in that, she will typically have a clutch or a, a litter of anywhere from 10 to 14 puppies. Well, only eight of those puppies are going to get the best meal, milk, and the rest of them are not because there's only so much milk to go around. Now, in captivity or in domesticity, we take care of those poor little puppies. We call them runts. We love them. We take care of them in every way possible. In nature, they would die. And that's exactly what happens in nature with animals that overproduce. They make more of their own kind than are necessary to survive. And those that are weaker, those that are slower, they get eaten. The quick ones, the fast ones, the strong ones survive. And that helps feed general healthy populations. Uh, There is a particular species of salmon that lays up to a million eggs. Out of those million eggs... On average, only one or two will survive the life cycle and make it back to the stream they were born in to reproduce, which is an amazing statistic. And that's true pretty much across the, uh, across the animal kingdom. They've got to make more of their own kind in order to survive. And sadly, that's, uh, that's what's going on out there. Uh, Jim and Laurel, 73 years old, used to be loaded with quail, Bob White. Where are they? And the answer to that is that we are developing and and cutting down what they need to survive. Uh, the development port is that um, 
houses are being built in areas where there was the pine forest for them to nest in. Uh, they need nesting. They, they typically nest near pines. They nest in grasses, but near pines. The open grasslands are being cultivated and used for agriculture. Uh, the pines where they feed uh, a good bit and, and use for cover a good bit are being cut down and farmed for uh, for profit. And, and I think we're all guilty of that. I know that our family has trees. Um, the other thing is that they're not being helped any by fire ants. Um, I have heard some discussion back and forth on how much their danger is from fire ants and from coyotes. Um, some give that credence, some don't. Okay? And hopefully that will answer your question. We've got a few um, questions up on the text line. What birds will eat millipedes? That's a very good question. Uh, I know that some of the herons and egrets will take them. Uh, I have not seen songbirds eating millipedes. I will tell you, though, that a skunk absolutely loves millipedes. Millipedes put out a very strong odor, and that odor is disliked by a lot of things, and that's why they have it. It's a, a survival bit. It's a, a natural selection, an adaptation to keep them alive. Uh, skunks don't seem to be bothered by that, just like a great horned owl isn't bothered by a skunk. Great horned owls eat skunks. They don't mind getting sprayed. So everything out there has sort of a balance. I can look that up for you while I'm talking here, and uh, we'll see how well I can do two things at once, Lance. Um, we can Google birds that eat millipedes and keep on talking. I have another person on the line here who is asking, Ken, did you live in Decatur, Mississippi for a while when you were younger? Yes, I did. I lived there, Pam, for I guess about three years, my senior year in high school and my first two years of college. My mother was from Decatur, and that's where I went to high school uh, for my senior year. It was Decatur High School, which is no longer in existence. I think it's now Newton County High School, and then went to school for uh, a couple of years at East Central Community College before heading off to Mississippi State. Her question, how do I get more hummingbirds to come to the yard? Not seeing them at this time, and last year we only had a few. Pam, these things come through in big numbers during April, actually beginning in March and then in April. Uh, right now, they are all disappearing from the feeders and heading off into the woods and, and wherever they need to to raise their young. They're building nests and uh, raise their young. Let me finish with, with you, and then I'm going to get back and answer the millipede question. Now, what happens, Pam, is that while they're raising their young, they're feeding primarily on insects. Yes, they'll take in some nectar, but they don't travel very far to find it. They'll do it real close to their own nest. And if you don't have a pair nesting very close to you, you're not likely to see any coming into your feeder. Keep it up. Keep the faith. Around the 4th of July weekend, you're going to see the numbers start to build again. And those numbers will continue to build throughout the summer, uh, peaking in early September and continuing through the end of October. 
If you see any after the 1st of November, I really urge you to get in touch with Garden Mama here, and she'll give you my number. Get in touch with me. We may have something very special. I tell all of my listeners, uh, all of my students, everybody I know, never take your feeders down. Keep them up year-round. Keep them clean. Keep them fresh. You never know what you're going to get. We have 10 species of winter hummer, 11 actually now, that have been seen in Mississippi during winter months. So it's really important to keep them up. Pam, I'm glad you called in. Uh, Love to know if if you're a former classmate of mine. Give me a buzz or leave the information with Lance. We'll try to get back in touch with each other. Uh, The quick answer, um, shrews, toads, badgers, and birds, including domestic chickens, will eat centipedes do sparrow uh, millipedes rather sparrows do not eat them themselves but will occasionally eat their eggs Uh, songbirds eating centipedes one of the most common predators is birds birds hunt a lot of insects they prefer arthropods like millipedes and caterpillars to feed the young ones i have not seen uh personally any birds eating um Millipedes. I'll have to do some more study on this. I do not know everything, ladies and gentlemen, nor do I pretend to. And if I find something that I don't know, I will let you know I don't know, and I will start looking it up so that the next time I get asked, I will know. And I will look forward to checking in on this one. Um, Donald in X, Donald in Oxford says, fire ants, the number one decline on quail. I think there's a great deal to that. Quail, when they're born, when they're hatched, have to get away from that nest within seconds. The odor of, of their hatching is very quickly going to attract fire ants and coyotes. Um, there has been, as I said, a great deal of, of discussion about whether they are in number one or whether development is number one. Uh, Most of the people that are scientists will tell you that they are both very big problems, but they lean a little toward the side of development. The habitat's just not there. And that habitat then concentrates not just the quail into smaller areas, but also concentrates the fire ants into smaller areas. So the two kind of go hand in hand, Donald. Thanks for that piece of information. Andy and Jackson likes the saying, you don't have to be the fastest in the jungle, you just don't want to be the slowest. That's true when we start talking about survival of the fittest. Are there any birds that will feed on boar bees or bumblebees? The answer is yes. Some of the tanagers will eat on them. There's nothing you can do to attract a a tanager. What you can do is to stuff something into those holes that the uh, bumblebees, they're actually not bumblebees, they're carpenter bees, into the carpenter bees' holes. There are a number of very easy to make traps uh, that these bees will utilize. It's easy to get rid of them. If you just Google online how to trap carpenter bees, uh, you can make one out of a, a simple bell jar and, and a couple of pieces of wood that will blow your mind. Uh, it's also not very difficult to get an insect net, a, a butterfly net, and go out and catch them and You can take care of them that way. It's a little bit more labor-intensive, but uh, I will say that the bell jar trap works very, very well. And then you can, of course, plug that hole up with something, again, like uh, – I'm drawing the blank again. We talked about it a little while ago. 
uh, used for scrubbing pots and pans. A Brillo pad? Yes, yeah, yeah, steel wool. Steel, steel wool. wool. Yes. Uh, sometimes at my age, it just doesn't come out the way that it used to. And when it does come out, it comes out all wrong. So, Well, you remember the day when we didn't have a phone, and you had to sit there for three days and think about something, and then you would forget, and then, then a week later it would come to you, and you'd go, oh, that, that's it, that's it, I got it. Wait, 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 you... You're saying that I remember the days without phones. What what are you what are you insinuating? Oh, I remember, and I'm I'm a few years younger than you, and I I remember sitting there thinking, what what is this song? I can't remember this song. I know this song. Oh, you mean a cell phone? Yeah, I thought you were talking about telephones in general. I've totally forgotten about a landline. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm not that old. I am uh, I am a good bit older than you, but I'm not that old. I think you were taking a phone call earlier when I uh, when I made my my little. Funny, uh, you said you were just a few years younger than I am, and I, I was commenting on the fact that I like your definition of few, because few obviously has two digits in it, according to you. Uh, Caleb on the line here, text line, good to hear you as I get in the car this morning, Mr. Hackman. Oh, that's uh, one of my former students and a fantastic broadcaster in his own right. Uh, calls some fantastic uh, sports down in, I believe he's in the southern part of the state now, isn't Aren't you, Caleb? Uh, doing radio in a lot of different other places. Uh, again, this is Pam again. Ken, good to hear me today. Actually taught school with my mother, Shirley. Remember us living north of Decatur, coming to your home to visit your mother. She's a very nice lady. Enjoyed teaching with her. Um, unfortunately, Pam, we lost mom back in 2007. And um, sometimes I get a little, just a little verklempt here at Mother's Day because she was a very, very special lady, as you know. And we all love our mothers, and nobody wants to be a member of the club of, of people who have lost their mom. Um, she was a fantastic person. And indeed, I, I still run into people today, as I did you today, who worked with her and knew her and knew what a wonderful person she was. And uh, she literally was the rock of our family. Loved my dad a lot, but it was mom that uh, that really kept us all together and kept us moving in the right direction. Love my mom. She was a special person indeed. Well, she obviously rubbed off on you uh, substantially. She was a teacher. And you went into the profession. You've spent 40-plus years in that. So she must have taught you very well, and she must have been a great teacher to stimulate you to want to be a teacher. (laughs) I mean, she must have really enjoyed it. Well, the funny part about that, Lance, is that after growing up in a family where my mother was a teacher and my father was a teacher, I swore I would never be a teacher. I was not going to live on mac and cheese for the last two weeks of every month for the rest of my life. It wasn't going to happen. I was going to do something to make money, and I was headed to medical school and uh, got a job in in the summertime as a nature counselor at a summer camp and decided not to pursue medical school and here I am teaching after all of those years uh, being the nature counselor at a summer camp teaching kids about nature so you know sometimes God has a plan for us and we take off and we go in a different direction than we thought we were going to because it's not up to us it's up to a higher power yeah, God's never wrong. It's just us. We're the ones right. who get it wrong. Right. Okay. Um, Caleb in Hattiesburg is there. 
B.W. in Jackson says he thinks it's habitat and chemical spraying for the decline of quail. Quail hunted as a youth in Mississippi, and we had hedgerows next to crops with cover. Still quail hunting in Texas and plenty of birds. Texas is full of coyotes and fire ants as Mississippi is. Yes, that is true, but it's not as uh, concentrated because quail have much more wide open spaces for nesting there uh, than we do here in Mississippi. Um, I, definitely something to what you have to say there. Uh, I just think that it's a combination of factors. It's not a simple, simple answer. I really appreciate everybody tuning in this morning and listening. I always enjoy filling in for the Garden Mama as we talk about gardening for the birds and gardening for wildlife. I love being on, and I'm so glad that I got to spend this time with you this morning. I hope you had a little fun, too. Garden Mama will be back next week. You've been listening to Ken Hackman, the Birdman, right here on Weekend Gardening. It's a big job keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Be honest, if you had to choose between your phone or your boyfriend, which would you give up? Okay, now that he's gone, start using your phone to pay at checkout instead of swiping. With the Citizens Bank's new mobile pay, add your debit card to your phone's mobile wallet and pay with a touch. Who knew your phone was great with money? You made the right choice. Start using mobile pay from the Citizens Bank today. In your corner, member FDIC. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new Exmark zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why Exmark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an Exmark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Hi, I'm Jessica Center, Communications Coordinator at Methodist Children's Homes and co-facilitator of the upcoming Fun Day 3K event on June 3rd. At Methodist Children's Homes, we provide vital support to children and young people who have experienced neglect or abuse. Join us for a fun-filled family event at LaFleur Bluff Playground from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. featuring live entertainment, delicious food, exciting games, and much more. For more about the Fun Day 3K event and how you can get involved, visit mchms.com or slash 3k today research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events but thanks to two men in a truck ridgeland it doesn't have to be we have everything you need a professional team who will customize your move a schedule to fit your convenience monday through saturday 
and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men in a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomeninatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizenkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me go hand-in-hand, hand. nothing on my skin, that's my new plan. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. Back Mississippi, Ken Hackman, the Birdman here, filling in for Garden Mama here on this special weekend, Mother's Day weekend. Want to give one last shout-out to all the mothers out there. Certainly have enjoyed being here. We've got just a few minutes left. Uh, I have to be honest with the listeners out there, I thought... <laughs> I thought before that last break that that was it. Uh, and that was my fault. I didn't jump in and tell you. I was enjoying listening to you too much. So that was my fault. I'll take the blame on that. Oh, uh, you don't have to. I, it, that comes with the age, I think. You just kind of – you start counting in your mind how many segments you've got. And, and uh, I have my watch turned off because it didn't charge last night. So I really wasn't watching this. And the screens are – they're all up here. so. Well, and you've got the technology. See, I, I threw away the watch so long ago. <laughs> I, I, no way. Every, I see all the – everybody has the iPhone watches and everything. And, oh, they're all, you ought to get one. you got to do that. I'm like, man, I am never putting a watch on my wrist again. <laughs> that goes back to what chain. we were talking about earlier with the phone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I remember the actual wrist watch where right. that was a status symbol. I was a stockbroker, and I would go into meetings, and guys would have Rolexes on, and here I am with just bare wrist and – Felt a little naked, you know, but uh, I don't really need it. This isn't birds, and we're hoping we get some more calls real quick on birds at 888-808-8637 or 601-879-4395. This is a ceasefire text line, if you're not driving, that is. Give us a call. Talk to us what's happening in your neck of the woods. Lance, you may or may not believe this. I was one of those people, and it's very rare from what I understand. I was one of those people that could not wear an analog watch. You could put one on my arm, but it would stop within days. Something about the chemistry of my body, and you talk about being happy when digital watches came out, and I'm not talking about the smart watch that we have today, just the early little digital watches. Like a Timex. Yeah, yeah. that little Timex digital watch. I was so happy when those came out because I could finally tell time like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that this smart watch is out, I'm just beside myself. There, I, I, my dad has one, and he's used it for a variety of you know things. As he's aged, it's, it's helped him a great deal, you know, deal with blood pressure and, mm-hmm. and heart rate and kind of monitoring those things but you know one thing as we went into that last break i drug you out to the courtyard to show you the the vulture that i've been talking to and watching grow for 
it has to be two months now, and it's it's huge. It's starting to get the black feathers. What are we looking for next on this vulture as he or she grows into her, you know, birdhood? I'm assuming that at this point the feathers are still pin feathers covered with a little sheath on them. It look it looks like the down, the brown down. Okay, that's downy feathers, and and those will be there for a while. The next thing that you're going to see are pin feathers, and those will first show up on the flight primaries. Uh, those pin feathers will come out, and it'll look like a little, uh, a little like a little quill. But what that will do is split open, and when that splits open, then the vein will actually start to come out and, and start to grow. A lot of people don't realize that when a baby bird leaves the nest, it is as big as mom or dad, and that's one of the things that we have issues with um, when people try to rescue baby birds. Uh, they think it's an injured bird. They don't always realize that it's a baby unless it's missing some feathers. Um, a lot of times people will find a bird on the ground this time of year <clears throat> that may or may not have uh, fully feathered out yet. And if it has fully feathered out but the feathers aren't fully grown or lengthened enough for it to fly, they'll think it's an injured bird and they rescue it and bring it in and of course the rescuing of the bird uh, pretty much gives it a death sentence the mom and dad are the best sources of caregiving that there are for those uh, fledglings that have left the nest too early and and disturbing a nest a little bit too early uh, and we have that with people that raise bluebirds or, or have bluebird trails and bluebird boxes up and don't really pay attention to things you never want to uh, i'm monitoring my box daily but you never want to disturb that box. Uh, you count how many days it's been since the incubation began. You never want to disturb that box after uh, about 11, 12 days following the beginning of incubation. They come out 12 to 14 days after is when they start fledging. You don't want to mess with them during that time period. They'll leave too early. And then they're on the ground and the cats and dogs and everything else is out there to get them well and i was sitting out there one day about two months ago and i saw a um a possum come around the corner go between the wrought iron fence and start heading over to the area where the nest is and at that time the bird had not hatched and i did not know that there was a nest over there i'd seen mm. the vulture uh the mother quite a few times nesting over there uh, but i assumed that that uh, possum was hunting hunting something and uh but i've been told that by scary gary that that's probably the second or third vulture that has been born in that that's interesting spot it, this one comes back to and and lays and there's a, a husband around somewhere and he flies around but it's amazing being able to see that i i can see uh after watching this for two months how your fascination and and how people can get so addicted to watching birds there's such a variety and when you talk about rescuing one, when I was a kid, I was in the woods and, and, and this woodpecker fell out of the sky and was just laying on the ground. And I thought it was dead. I uh -huh. picked it up, took it home, laid it in a shoebox, and, and we thought it was passed out and went to go tell my parents about it and <clears throat> went back to the bedroom. And he had woken up, and it was a mess. But I uh, opened the window, and he flew out. So I understand <laughs> what you mean about rescuing a bird. A lot of times what happens, if you talk about one falling down to the ground, we have a lot of songbirds in our areas that come crashing into windows, especially well-washed, reflective windows. Um, there are a lot of people that are birders that will soap their windows during spring migration uh, just to, to make sure that they're not reflecting as well. Uh, soaping windows is one way to take care of it. They'll put 
silhouettes on their windows. There are several companies, and this is a major problem. We're talking really major problem. Millions and millions of birds every year are lost this way. And there are some cities that are now uh, requiring buildings, especially larger buildings with, with a lot of windows on them, be built with surfaces that are more bird-friendly and that the materials that are used are not as reflective, uh, which is a big help. So there are things being done out there. Obviously, if a third of the birds in the United States have disappeared in the last 50 years, something needs to be done. Um, There are people that say, why worry about birds? Well, birds eat insects. And imagine a world without crops. And, And that should give somebody an idea of how important they are to us. This is not a um I'm not a radical environmentalist. I'm not going to to chain myself to a tree. But we do need to be aware of what's going on out there. We need to take care to take care of our environment so that it can take care of us. We're a part of it. And if uh, it doesn't survive, we can't survive. Good? I love your perspective. And, you know, in, on a comical side, without the bird, we wouldn't have ever had uh, Sylvester and Tweety and <laughs> Granny and all those great cartoons. And the Roadrunner. And the Roadrunner. And, I mean, without, Absolutely. You know, uh, they're fascinating, and, and the, the, just the diversity of the number. I mean, what is the number of species of bird, if you had to guess, or a roundabout? Uh, it's probably right around 9,000. I can look up and see what the latest is. Uh, I know for the United States, we've had pretty close to 800 species seen, but a lot of those uh, are species that are not common here. Um, number of birds on the planet. You know, these uh, cell phones and whatnot are are great things. Total number of birds in the world, between 9,000 and 11,000 species. So um, a lot of that, the the latest official term is approximately 9,700. We're discovering new ones all the time. We're losing some all the time. It's uh, an unusual balance, and, and that's something that we've got to work on because they're important to us. And you are fascinated with a vulture. Imagine the beauty of a painted bunting in that process. Boy, it's been a fun week, uh, a really interesting day today, wide variety of topics. And um, we're going to come back and visit with you again sometime soon. Garden Mama will be out. want to remind everybody to have a great Mother's Day weekend. This is Ken Hackman, the Birdman, on Weekend Gardening. of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care and shared rewards. All accessed on one easy to use card. Plus more 
more. Call 855-413-8769, TTY711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Pay Doctor Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to Orchard Retirement. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 